peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good As I go through the book of Genesis, I try not to <clears throat> um, take a pious view. I honestly try not to. But I'll tell you one thing that is kind of surprising to me reading this. And maybe it's because I have all of the information looking backwards. But reading this, especially the story, the story in the account of Noah, the, the creation before that, Adam and Eve, Abram. I wonder how people during the time of Christ missed that he is the Messiah. Because if you if you read these things. It's again. Maybe I would have missed it, too, and even even his um his disciples really missed a lot of intricacies. They followed him, but there's a lot of things they missed. So it's not to say that I wouldn't have missed it as well. I'm sure I would have, but reading through the old Testament, especially having the new Testament in mind, it is hard to miss a lot of things when you think about the Bible in its totality. So anyway, without further ado, let's get into this. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, this is one of those areas where because we've associated certain things with a word, when you hear the word perfect, you think without fault, without flaw, um, with no error. And that's not necessarily the definition that that word carries. So the Hebrew word there is Talmim, and it means complete, whole, entire sound not without flaw. And if you look up the English definition of the word perfect, it means to complete, to do or make through, to carry to the end, finished, complete, consummate, uh, not defective, having all that is requisite to its nature and kind, fully informed, completely skilled. So God is telling Abraham, you need to be complete, whole in me. Now, this is going to uh, make more sense as we get on and see some things that Abraham does. You're going to see that 
even in even in this instant in chapter 17, even after God says this to Abraham, he's still not there. Abraham will get there. Abraham won't be without spot, without blemish and without sin, but he will walk perfect before God. We will see that in the true sense of that definition, because as I said, as time goes on, languages lose their luster, so to speak, right? When languages are established, they have a certain sheen to them. Uh, words carry meanings. They, they mean more. And as language gets diluted over time, words kind of lose their emphasis. But if you go back to original definitions, the words that are used make so much more sense. In verse two, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will and I will multiply thee exceedingly. God promises here to spread Abr Abram's lineage abundantly. That word exceeding means going beyond, surpassing, um, excelling, outdoing great in extent um, or duration, very extensive. So God is going to multiply Abraham's seed beyond that which is normal, beyond how normal people and lineages are multiplied. This is how God is going to multiply Abram's seed. In verse three, and Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, why is that important? Why is it important that Abraham fell on his face? Because you see, Abraham has a proper reverence and fear for the most high God of heaven and earth. He realizes who he's talking to. This is the almighty. So Abram got in his place, fell on his face before God, recognizing that he was unworthy to even be talking to God. Yet here he is. In verse four, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be father of many nations. Now, as I read this verse, I will admit something to you, something that it should have dawned on me earlier that I just didn't think about that. As I read this verse, I was like, oh, man, another layer to this that I didn't think about. Now, think about this. Abraham is the 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 father of those of us who are who have come to the faith. And that we follow the model of Abraham who believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. That's the same thing that happens to us. We believe God. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is counted to us for righteousness. So we are Abraham's seed. Along with that, Abram is the father of the Hebrews, of Jews spread throughout history in lineage. Here's what, what I knew but I never thought about in reference to these verses. Nobody ever talks about Ishmael. 
Ishmael bear, I believe it was 12 sons in the, in the book of Genesis chapter 25. You can go there and, and look it up. I'm not going to go to that verse, but these sons also became many nations. Think about that. Think about the average person and how their lineage is spread and, and, and how they have children and those children have children. Not only did Abraham, that did Abram have children, his children had children that became mighty nations. That doesn't happen. That doesn't just happen for everybody. This is, this is interesting. And I never, never one time that I consider Ishmael in this equation of, of Abraham's seed and a number of Abraham's seed, like the verse we went over, went over before where God told him to look into the stars, see if you can number them. And he compared that with how, with how Abraham's uh, seed would be magnified, you know, across the earth. And when you think about that, when you think about the nation of Israel, when you think about the nations that came from Ishmael, when you think about the children of faith, this is a lot of people. This is a lot of people. A lot came from Abram. And verse five, neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations. Have I made thee? So this is where Abram's name was changed to Abraham. And we know that Abram means exalted father. And his name was changed to Abraham, which means father of multitude or chief of multitude. Verse six, and I will make the exceeding fruitful and will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee again. That word exceeding, which we read the definition earlier, going beyond, surpassing, um, excelling, outdoing, great in extent, quanti quantity or duration, very extensive. So God is, is, is letting Abraham know again, I'm going to make you fruitful beyond that which is normal. This is not going to be average fruitfulness. This is not going to be like the average person that has kids whose kids have kids and go on for generations. You are going to be fruitful exceedingly beyond the normal. In verse seven, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And this is where the, the, the covenant and the promise is extended to the children of faith, right? So when you look at the, the covenant and the promises given to Abraham, there's, there's certain things that apply only to the physical seed of Abraham. And there's things that apply to the physical seed and to the children of faith. This is one of those things that applies also to the children of faith. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee 
and to thy seed after thee. The same God that I serve is the same God Abraham served. In verse 8, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So again, he's promising land to the physical seed of Abraham. And this is the land that they possess to this day. And in verse nine, and God said unto Abram, thou shalt keep my covenant. Uh, therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. And this is a, a specific thing God is going to get into here. It's going to get into circumcision, which I'm going to get into that in the next video. And and there is definitely a spiritual um, implication to the circumcision. Uh, so it's not just applying to the physical seed. It's applying to the physical seed and the physicality of the actual act. But in the spiritual implications of the act, this is also applying to the children of faith. There's much in the book of Genesis. There's much you can learn from reading through these things. There was a time when I read through the Old Testament and I thought, well, None of this matters to me. I got the New Testament. The Lord Jesus Christ came. So why does any of this matter? These things matter a lot more than you realize. When you read the Old Testament and you understand it from the vantage point of the New Testament and you understand it from the vantage point of, of how things are described and, and expounded upon within the New Testament, it gives the Old Testament a new light. You look at it with a completely different understanding and it really opens up the Old Testament a lot. I'm actually, you know, I I, I got to thank my, my, my boy, Stephen. He actually asked me if I ever did any videos going through the book of Genesis. And I never really thought about it because this is a huge task going through a whole book and and kind of doing a verse by verse commentary, although some verses I'm going through you know, maybe a little, a little quicker and not expounding on as much, but this has actually been, been very beneficial to me. I've been helped greatly. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that he even asked me about it because when he at the funny thing is I thought about it. And when he asked me, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give it a, give it a stab. I'm gonna try it going through and studying the book of Genesis for me, maybe for some of you, it's an easy task, but I'm a simple dude with a simple brain. Not so easy for me, but I'm thankful for it. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.